Are you an athlete who has big aspirations but struggling to keep an intense and persistent workout routine? Well, look no further. TurfWorkout.com brings the intensity that is designed for increasing footwork, explosivity, transitional running, strength, speed, and core all to you virtually. Designed by Dale Greenwald, CSCS strength and conditioning specialist who has trained athletes at the pro, college, and high school levels, TurfWorkout.com brings you weekly workout plans sent each week to guide athletes at all levels with each video being demonstrated by a Division One athlete. For the low price of $20, you can start your first workout with Turf and for an additional $10, receive weekly workouts designed by Coach Greenwald himself. So, if you're an athlete in need of a consistent and intense workout to improve your game during these difficult times, you must check out TurfWorkout.com. Yo, what's going on guys? Before we get on with today's episode, I just want everyone listening to this today to make sure you're following us on Instagram at QF Podcast and on Twitter at QF Podcast underscore and check out our YouTube channel at Quarantine Football Podcast. You know, we post our episodes on YouTube and all that good stuff. And everyone listening today, I want you all to do one quick favor for me. Tell a friend about us, you know, share the link with one of your friends today. Doesn't have to be multiple friends, could be mul- could be multiple, could be just one. But tell a friend to tell a friend. Get our show out there. Word of mouth. You know the vibes. Thank you, everyone. And, uh, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right. What's going on, everybody? Back at you with another episode of Quarantine Football. Like always, I'm your co-host, Ryan, with you guys today. Like always, I got my great co-host, Nate, with us today. What's going on, Nate? How How's your day uh, been so far? You know, my, my day's been pretty good. You know, uh, Father's Day today, I went on a nice, good hike with my dad. That was fun. You know, got some father-son time in. Uh, and yeah, just generally, you know, good weather, good vibes all around. Good stuff. Yeah, you know, I was chilling with uh, with my fam today out in the deck uh, right over there with uh, my cousins uh, and an uncle and with my uh, stepdad and my mom. Also went to visit my uh, my dad. Uh, he lives about like 40 minutes away from me, so got to see him for about an hour, but that was really nice. Uh, Nate, before we get on with the episode, I got to see my man make a little special appearance on camera. Where Where's Carlos Alloplant? Of course, the oh, Alloplant yeah. making a special appearance. Oh, yeah. Just oh, yeah. freshly watered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. But uh, moving on with the episode today. We have a very special guest on the show, my man Jarrell Worthy, NFL veteran and former MSU player. What's going on, man? What's going on, fellas? Uh, excited to be on the show. I uh, appreciate you guys reaching out, and I'm excited to, to talk some football with you guys. Hey, man, we appreciate you being here with us today. How was your Father's Day today? Man, splendid. Uh, got a chance to get on the grill, uh, smoke some ribs today, uh, swim with my kids. And I'm um, supposed to finish up the, the evening with some s'mores. So um, it's going pretty good. And, you know, it's just enjoying ourselves today. So it's, you know, it's more so about them as it is about me. So I'm excited. Hey, man, that's the stuff right there. That sounds like a beautiful, like, summer afternoon day. Great way to start the summer off, in my opinion. You know, that's just awesome. Uh, again, to, again, to eat those, those ribs, sound, sounds delicious uh, for me. We got a – we had – a deli in Brooklyn actually like deliver us some like deli meats and stuff. We made like our own sandwiches. It was pretty cool. Uh, Nate, what'd you, what'd you do for dinner, bro, for uh, Father's Day? Yeah, I said I had some shrimp. Shrimp was wonderful today, you know, <laughs> good stuff. Uh, that sounds like a Nate type thing to eat, but uh, I'm just going to hop right into the questions uh, right off the bat. Something we like to ask uh, all our guests on the show is uh, 
how did you know that you wanted to, you know, play football? Did you just like hop right into it in high school or did you uh, start out with it in college or, uh, you know, just how did you like, how did you like get into it basically, you know, uh, in your childhood? Uh, well, originally my parents put me in Pop Warner. Um, mm -hmm. I was about seven, six or seven years old. Um, I hated it at first. Uh, <laughs> a lot of, it was a lot of running and all that stuff. So I really wasn't, you know, as enthused about it. But, you know, my father always told me to stick with things and, you know, he encouraged me to get better. And, um, you know, Lord behold, things just started to click after that. And, you know, I had an opportunity to, to, to play and I did some good, some things well. And I just stuck with it after that, man. You know, I'm, 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 I'm very thankful that I didn't give up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of kids that did give up at that age and just kind of shut it down, but I'm very fortunate that I didn't. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, a lot of kids in, uh, in high school will kind of uh, get discouraged if they aren't like immediately put into a starting position or they're not the best they could possibly be. But really the, the fact is you just got to work for it. You just got to, you want to have that drive to get to where you want to be. And clearly that was the case for you. So that's really, really awesome. You know, uh, in high school actually, or also in college, were, was defensive tackle like the only position you played or did they put you like in a, a different uh, position throughout the field? Because I know in high school, we've had, we've had some guys come on the show where these guys are like a, offensive linemen at the moment they're like you know in high school I, I played a little bit of quarterback and I'm like how is that even possible you're you're an offensive lineman you play quarterback is there any like weird story you know for you any like other positions you played uh well to be honest with you I wasn't I wasn't uh, a defensive lineman until I got to high school so um you know I played linebacker I played fullback you know up until uh up until high school and you know I ran the football and you know I love to run around on defense but you know, I, the the Oklahoma drill, the old school Oklahoma <laughs> drill is, um, is, you know, it's really, it's really where I made a name for myself. And mm -hmm. our, my coaches just was like, wait, this guy is, you know, very fast off the ball. And, you know, he's able to, you know, um, you know, lift guys up very quickly. And so it just, it kind of transferred and he asked me to play it. And, you know, we had other guys that be able to play running back. And, you know, I guess just at that time, I was like, whatever I need to do for the team. And, you know, being a freshman and at the at the original high school that I went to was was Chaminade Julian and um, you know Javon Rinker was an alumnus from there and you know and, and yep, just yep. trying to follow in those types of footsteps I was very excited to be there so it really was just like whatever we had to do for the team and um, you know they had stars like that coming out before me so I just wanted to play. Yeah, whenever whenever I think of the Oklahoma drill, I always think of the Blind Side, like uh, the book, the movie where like Michael Orr is just like this huge, like towering guy that's just like beating kids up on the Oklahoma drill. That's crazy. But uh, you know, like when was like when was the moment for you when you knew that you wanted to make this like a long term thing that you wanted to make football into a career for you? Man, um, I mean, well, I I've, I've always thought about playing football. I I didn't necessarily think that it would you know go as far as it did at the. Uh, you know, being in high school, but I think what it is, is, um, you know, when I really got my first letter and, you know, I had a chance to, um, you know, feel like somebody wanted me and, you know, and the thing about it is, you know, now that I, you know, as I got older, I realized that the handwritten letters are the ones that really, you know, make the, the they're the ones that are, are, uh, are more meaningful. The, the kind of printed ones that everybody gets, there's a ton of kids that kind of, you know, they just put your names and then they put them in the mail yep. and, you know, but even even for me at that point, I was very excited. And so it really, really kind of sparked a fire for me. And, um, you know, my junior, senior year of, of high school, I was, you know, extremely committed. 
Yeah, and then transitioning into MSU, where obviously you had a ton of success, you know, uh, you were a really great uh, defensive tackle there. Uh, like, what was the what was the transition like? Was that a difficult transition, like going from high school ball to college? Because you did that and you accomplished that pretty seamlessly, it seemed like. Um, I think for me, the most difficult part was redshirting because um, I, coming out of high school, I had a knee injury, and uh, Coach Antonio was very um, was very loving in how he showed support. Um, you know, to my knee injury. And, you know, there's a lot of other colleges that, you know, turned their backs and kind of, you know, went in the opposite direction. And, um, you know, Coach Antonio really believed in, in what I was trying to accomplish. And, and so, you know, he was able to nurture me and groom me through the process, um, you know, going through my first year of sitting on the bench. And I wouldn't necessarily say sitting on the bench, but just being redshirting and like, you know, knowing that you want to play and, and studying and, you know, competing all week. But, you know, not necessarily getting to put on the jersey on Saturday was very uh, was very tough for me, um, just because Coach Manny Coach Manny put you through a workout. Uh, you know, our strength and condition, our former strength and conditioning coach at Michigan State, he would put yeah, you yeah. through some strenuous workouts that it would make you feel like you played a game on Saturday, and so it was very it was very tough for me going through throughout that process. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, I know this is a really different direction, but you know, like the last time that you had. Uh, like football experiences actually in the AAF and uh, can you just like just describe to me a little bit of like how that was like because I know you were talking about how like your red shirt season in college was a little bit tough for you just like not being on the field knowing you wanted to be out on the field Uh, and I think that's actually pretty similar to the feeling that a lot of NFL vets have Uh, and when they saw the opportunity of a league like the AAF to then move over to uh, they're really enticed by that so uh, can you just like describe that experience to us? Um, I mean you know being for me, I had already had seven years in the league at the time. Um, once I transitioned over to the AAF, uh, realistically, it was just more so of a transition period for me to get back into the NFL. And and so I approached it as such, you know, that I'm only going to be here for a couple months. Um, you know, I'm going to try to play my best football, you know, reach out to some teams afterwards. Um, and, you know, our team had a lot of success. We were, you know, eight and one at the time, yep. uh, one game away from the playoffs. And, you know, essentially, I think, you know, having an opportunity to play out in Vegas, it would have been, um, you know, a lot of scouts there at the time. And, you know, so obviously um, it would have been a lot easier to pass on, you know, my production and things that I've accomplished throughout the season. And um, just going through the hardships of um, lack of equipment, lack of um, more, like treatment, um, physical therapy, things of that nature. Um, this is just a new, it's a new entity. It's a new it's a new business starting out from, you know, from ground zero. And um, there's a lot of money that they allocated, you know, in order to, to get things done. But it's a reason why it's a reason why the NFL has been around for so long, like that the billions and billions of dollars it takes to run um, a successful, uh, you know, organization um, each and every year. You can't shortchange it when you have, you know, professional athletes like myself. Um, there was guys that have been through the fire, like Will Hill. Um, he's been, yeah. he, he was a veteran. And so, you can't necessarily shortchange guys that, that know what the process um, really looks like. And so it, it was, um, it was fun to hang out and kick it, but, you know, realistically, man, I, w- I would have loved to just, you know, win and, and, and be about our way. Do you think, do you think that'll ever work out? I mean, like we've seen, uh, I mean, the first stint of the XFL and then the AAF. Uh, I mean, this, uh, this last series of the XFL, it looked like it was going really well. And then uh, the coronavirus hit and that was just, uh, that was kind of it. So do you think that there's a, do you think there's a future for a league like that? Do you think there's a place for that? Um, well, I don't, I, I think it'd be a very tough situation unless they're, well, unless they're, um, 
their entities or corporations such as the the 32 owners that are already in place unless there's you know people coming in that are willing to spend the hundreds of millions of dollars it takes to to get an organization up and running um then you'll have that opportunity but um you know until then man you know it's going to be tough trying to come in as hey these crowdfunding type of groups where you know everybody's just putting in on the pot because no a lot of people don't necessarily um, allocate for injuries and, you know, where guys have season, they, you know, season ending injuries, because there were several of those, you know, that took yeah. place. And then, um, you know, having situations where you're practicing on turf every single day, that diminishes your product because at the end of the day, you know, players are, are, are dragged out and injured by the time they get to the game. And so it takes, you know, it's a lot of logistics that go into, you know, running an organization, um, you know, from health to, nutrition to strength conditioning and um you know as well as mental health so it's it's a lot and um it's gonna take the right people to really get an organization or or an entity other than the nfl up and running like that yeah i mean definitely i mean we see in like the nba they have like the i think it's called the g league now is what it's called yeah Yeah, you know it's and like with uh, MLB, they have like the whole like system and stuff, you know, that's pretty much like, I think it's funded by mostly the, like the upper leagues and stuff like that. Like, you know, it'd be, it would be really cool to see like a, a minor league, like NFL. I think that would just be like something really interesting, but you know, something I was also like thinking about is they have the, the practice squad. That's basically like, I feel like it's kind of like a minor league just without like the actual like playing in games. Cause it's pretty much like, that's pretty much like a, like a system itself already. So I don't know if the owners will like ever really feel the necessity to like re- truly fund a minor, like a minor league uh, NFL. You know what I mean? Unless, well, see, the only thing is um, I think for me personally, it would just, you know, the NBA and MLB, they deal with a smaller number of players. And so mm-hmm. obviously it's the structure is a lot different when it comes to uh, setting things like that up. But, um, you know, the, the guys that, um, I guess the guys that are on practice squad, you know, they, they obviously have opportunity to, uh, to come up and make, uh, you know, make the roster on a Sunday and, you know, they don't necessarily get the glory, but, you know, with the, with the latest CBA and and the benefits that they're receiving now, you know, the the practice squad isn't um, necessarily a bad thing with the NFL. I just think that, um, you know, back in the day, they used to have, you know, more ways for guys to be uh, competitive in NFL Europe and, and you know, XFL when it was yeah. uh, a thing. So um, they have to get the right type of money behind it in order for it to work. Yeah, I mean, 100% agree with that right there. It's just, it really stinks with the XFL that if we really think about it, if coronavirus like never, never was a thing, we still have the XFL now. I feel like it really could have been a, a big success, but, you know, we saw – I personally, for me, I saw a lot of guys uh, from the XFL. They were able to uh, get to get, uh, you know, spots on a NFL team, at least, you know, throughout the offseason. You know, we don't know if those guys will get cut or not. But, you know, it, it was really just a great thing. You know, really hope that we get something like that in the future. But, uh, you know, kind of shifting gears towards uh, back towards your college career. You know, I want to talk about MSU. You know, MSU is so regarded as, you know, one of those really big power schools. You know, what was the what was your experience personally, you know, being able to play for such a prestigious school like MSU and also, you know, getting to spend your time there, you know, on campus, you know, all those festivities there. Again, I know they got that stellar basketball team, but, you know, how, just how was your experience there uh, at uh, MSU being a Spartan? 
Um, overall, my experiences was uh, very, um, I had a lot of fun. I think personally, just because um, during that time frame, uh, you know, I had a lot of guys that came in with me, uh, me and Draymond, we all came in together. Um, you know, so it was very, it was cool to see the success of our football team take off as well as the collective effort. Hey, baby. Well, this is my daughter. I'll see you in a minute. <laughs> but um, um, just uh, just a collective effort um, on both parts. And, you know, you know, a lot of the guys that came in with me, um, there were some guys that had some issues and end up leaving, um, but they end up having successful careers elsewhere. Um, just just the, the amount of time and effort it took into um, changing what, what MSU football looks like now. Um, it was fun, man. I mean, because we earned every bit of it. Uh, you know, Coach D'Antonio never um, never gave us anything, and that's what the fun part was. Um, you know, realistically, on Saturdays is where we had the most fun uh, because we paid for it throughout the week with our preparation, and um, it just was fun, man. A lot of the guys, we, we had a lot of success, man. I mean, you know, from playing with Kurt to Le'Veon, um, Trent Robinson being my roommate, uh, just a very wild guy and funny guy and <laughs> And, you know, just to see all of us, you know, ended up in the NFL with, you know, Lippitt and Deion Sims and um, just a plethora of guys, uh, Joel Heath. And, um, you know, it just was it was fun, you know, passing those guys and, and just seeing um, the fruits of our labor. And, and, and realistically, man, we, we want to try to get back to that. I mean, I definitely think that um, these guys have every opportunity to do so. And, you know, hopefully they have that chip on their shoulder this year because, in previous years, we, we've kind of dropped the ball and, and kind of played under that standard. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, hopefully a lot of the, the players up there are, are wanting to get back on top and compete with, you know, the Ohio States. And um, I wouldn't necessarily say the, the, the school down the road, but really the Ohio States of the, of the conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we that entire division, you know, the Big Ten is stacked, you know, every year except except for Rutgers, you know, they're, they're kind of uh, they're, yeah. they're just like there. But you they know do, what? They can they can play some basketball though. That's about that's it. true. Hey, that's true. Joe Baker, I mean, he's a beast. You know, uh, we we're, we're from uh, Central Jersey, so Rutgers about like forty minutes from here. So it would have been awesome seeing Rutgers in the tournament this year, but unfortunately couldn't. But you know, back in your time at MSU, you know, you spoke about getting that win on Saturday, all that preparation, hard work, and you know, the the amazing feeling of getting that win. Was there any team, you know, at your time at MSU that you know after you beat them on those big Saturday games, you were just extremely hype about? Because you just, you know, I know a lot of the Big Ten teams, hey, they really hate each other, and obviously, you know, Michigan State and Michigan, you know. That's a rivalry already right there. The school, that, the school that shall not be named. Pretty much. Yeah, we're not even, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I'm undefeated, though, so I can say, say them all day. Hey, I mean, pretty much, yeah. But, you know, outside, outside of Michigan, I'll say, you know, is there any other team that you guys just really, like, you know, kind of, I want to say hatred, but we're really big rival rivals with, you know, throughout your time at Michigan State? Uh, man, so we – as far as, you know, developing some some sort of rivalry, um, I would say Notre Dame was one. Um, you know, I think, man, even going back to all the way to my, my redshirt year, man, um, being in a tunnel with them at the same time and the types of things that you would hear coming from their mouths and it just really was just the arrogance in which they walked with and just, like, carried themselves. And, you know, and at that time, you know, they had um, – Big coach, big coach from um, the NFL. Um, 
with the Patriots. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, uh, I apologize. I think Nate's doing a little stat check. I can yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to check Brady, <laughs> Yeah, Brady Quinn and those guys. Um, and so just – uh, it was it was it was very it was it was a big robbery you know Golden Tate jumped in our band had me hot that oh, <laughs> that day oh man that day he jumped in my band had me hot and then you know I did a I did a short stint in Detroit for uh, their training camp before I ended up signing with the Buffalo Bills and so like we were on the team in Detroit at the same time and so like we're talking and you know we going we going back and forth throughout stuff throughout you know the entire preseason and you know he still was giving me crap about, you know, how he jumped in our stands. But it just was, you know, it was a very, it was a very fueled robbery. Uh, you know, the fake field goal to, to beat those guys was, I mean, was an incredible moment. Um, you know, we really built something strong with Wisconsin as well. We, you know, we had to beat them without Coach D because he had the heart attack. And then all of a sudden we had to play with Coach, um, with Coach Treadwell and he called a hell of a game. And it was, you know, yep. it was lights out with him and, then all of a sudden we we meet them and and um, you know later on at at, a, at the Big Ten championship and even before that with the Hail Mary earlier in the year and so it it, it it we had a lot of we had a lot of crazy events man one game I do wish we had back though was uh, we were number eight in the country we went on the road to verse Iowa and uh, and 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 Iowa did what they normally do with top ten teams coming in on the road at that moment. They're a trap team. They're a trap team. They that, always have been. Playing in that black hole is very uh, is very very tricky. You know, yeah. I mean, the fans are very the fans are right on top of you, but realistically, Iowa just plays there. I was I was very tough. They're t- technically sound, and you know they they win those games. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, uh, I mean, to kind of transition, you know, uh, fantastic time at Michigan State, and you put in the work, and you put in that work to get drafted high. Uh, I mean, the Packers, they traded up for you, I believe. Um, I mean, what, describe, like, the moment that you got drafted. Like, how were you feeling? Uh, what was that moment? Um, it was just overall joy and excitement. Um, you know, the day before, on the first round, so me and my agent, we talked, and uh, they had me going to the Packers, but it was at 28, though, in that, okay. that first round. And so, you know, it was between them and Denver, and we had been on the phone, you know, all, all day. And then so Denver had took Derek. Uh, they took Derek Wolf, and so, like, I'm on the line, and I'm like, all right, what we're going to do, this and that. And then they took Nick Perry, and then all of a sudden, so I'm like, oh, man. So I didn't go that first day, and yep. it was my birthday. That it was my birthday that. Oh, first that sucks. Day. That's that's yeah. rough. It was so yeah. much going on, but yeah. uh, you know that next day, man, I was so relieved because I knew for a fact, you know, I had earned. You know, even though I didn't necessarily go the first day, like I knew, okay, I was within these first couple rounds, and um, just my body of work had proved that, and so I just was, I was excited, man. You know, I grew up a Cowboys fan. My dad was a big Cowboys fan, but. You know, walking into, you know, Lambeau Field, you know, being a part of that that history, uh, going to see the museums and the libraries that they have on all the old games and players and just seeing, um, I don't know, I don't know, just seeing just the type of, of way that they went about work. And the, once you get to meet the people in the town, man, it was it was it was unbelievable, man. Um, draft night was unbelievable. Uh, a lot of my friends were there to spend a lot of time with me. Um, you know, they drove down from Michigan to to hang out with me because I'm originally from Dayton, Ohio, and and yep. so man, it was it was really an overwhelming moment for me. 
Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, uh, like after you got into the NFL, like I think that I think that a lot of NFL fans, when they watch, they see a lot of the glitz and glamour. You know, they see like the big plays. Uh, they see like when the wide receiver gets the touchdown or when the defensive lineman, like uh, someone like you gets the sack, you know. Um, but they don't see the really difficult parts behind the scenes, like what you talked about, the injuries, the, rehabilita- the rehabilitation. So what would you say is like one part about your NFL career to this point that's been really difficult that uh, like a casual fan might not expect? Uh, realistically, for me, it was just the injuries, man. I think, um, you know, I, I sustained, uh, you know, some really tough injuries um, from, um, you know, my rookie year was ACL uh, right at the end of the year. So not only, um, you know, not only am I missing the playoffs because it happened week 17 with two minutes left in the game. So not only yeah. am I missing the playoffs, I'm behind the eight ball heading on to next year. And so I started out on the pup list and, you know, I kind of miss. So technically, you're only allowed to you're you, they have to try to activate you after 10, 10 games, I believe. So I'm already down 10 games. Um, you know, we were able to come back. We made the playoffs. I finished out strong. Uh, that was that that was that crazy year, man, where where A-Rod completed all those fourth downs to beat Chicago. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, we you know, uh, it was so funny because I finished up with a sack in that game. A couple like, I was so I was so hype about it. But, you know, that was an overwhelming moment for me, just like, you know, being a part of, you know, making the playoffs because the Packers had made it the year before, but I got hurt the week right before it. And so like I'm yep. sitting in the stands with this, with the crutches and it just really, you know, wasn't the best feeling for me, but just, just injuries really, um, you know, at MSU, man, I played over 40 some games, like, and you know, it wasn't like, uh, I mean, I, I did what I had to do to to continue to stay on the football field. Um, but sometimes at this level, when you're playing at a high level, uh, it requires a certain bend and flexibility. It requires a certain strength and um, athleticism. And so, um, you know, sometimes I went through some injuries and it kind of hindered me from being that type of player that I was accustomed to being. And so that was probably the toughest part, man. Um and just knowing that you can compete at a high level with some of these, with some of the best people in the NFL. And, but at the end of the day, man, like I don't regret anything. I've, I've had an opportunity to have been around some phenomenal coaches, some phenomenal players. Um, I've had, you know, my share of, uh, of highs and lows and um, I don't regret any of it. Yeah, definitely. You know, you said you don't regret any of it. Uh, you had your highs and lows. What was like the, what would you say? I don't know about like the highest moment, but what was like your favorite like NFL moment, whether it was like in the locker room, on the field, whatever it was with teammates, like, what if you could pinpoint just one thing, I know it's hard. It's kind of like on the spot, but if you could pinpoint one moment, like what was your favorite like NFL moment? Man, I wouldn't say like a big, so I've, I've got a couple. Um, if I, if I had to have to shake a dice and kind of, you know, throw them out there. So like, um, you know, number one being my first sack, uh, it came week two, my rookie year against Jay Cutler. Uh, it was a Thursday night game. So everybody's watching you. You're the only game on TV. Um, and so it was a rivalry game too. And, and so, you know, to, to have my first sack that game was, was crazy. Um, you know, the lowest moment, one of the lowest moments is losing to San Francisco at home. Um, in the playoffs, um, and just extremely tough because it was it was it was supposed to get down to twenty five below, and it was eighteen below. That was about as that. First of all, that's insane, that's crazy. crazy. That's crazy. Uh, you know, but every time you hit somebody, your visor is like freezing, like it's just chills. And 
And so, like, it just was, you know, it was a crazy game. Uh, I really wish we could have that one back. I really wanted that one back because I feel like that team that year, um, the way we were put together, uh, we we definitely had a chance to to go on and do some things. And uh, so that was unfortunate. Uh, but just really, man, I've, I've had some great games, man. Um, I love playing in Seattle. I didn't, I didn't matter what team I was on. You know, anytime we played out there, um, I've had some of my best games out there, especially just talking stuff to Russell, you know, especially we had history, you know, going back to college. So it was, it was really fun, man. I've had some, some really great moments. But just getting sacks and, and TFLs and disrupting stuff is, is, is probably the, 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 the greatest thing. Um, and then also, yeah, Buffalo, 17-year drought, getting to the playoffs. That was – that's it, yeah. Oh, for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, <laughs> Bill's Mafia, man. They're, they're crazy, you know. Yeah. Them getting to the playoffs. I remember watching those videos on Instagram of them just jumping onto the tables and stuff. The WWE. <laughs> it's literally WWE. In it's the insane. Yeah, like, it's I don't know why they – I don't know why they do it. I get it, like, you know, in Buffalo, they got nothing really better to do. But, like, you know, it's still yeah. – it's just crazy. Like, I can't even imagine why – like, what goes through their heads, honestly. But, you know, I always – I've always loved Buffalo. They got they got a bright future, man. Josh Allen is an yeah. absolute monster. Yeah, the addition of Stephen Diggs, those, those guys, they'll be yeah. ready to play. Um, their defense has always been great. Sean McDermott always leads a great defense. Uh, offensively, they just have to compete, man. I mean, even though Tom Brady's left – the, the AFC, um, their defense is still going to be good, and they they have to show up and compete. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, speaking of Tom Brady, you know, what was it like having to play against, you know, pretty much one of, if not the GOAT of football, you know, six rings, absolute monster of a quarterback. You know, what, just what was it like having to play against him? It's fun because it's like, for 99% of the time, right, you're like a blood-sweating wolf, like, trying to feast on an animal. And then that 1% moment, you'll catch yourself looking like, hey, he's, he's the greatest of all time. Like, <laughs> and that's really the weird, you know what I'm saying? Like, in a moment, it could be a, a TV timeout. You could be, you know what I'm saying, an incomplete, just jogging back to the huddle. You just so happen to be close. And, like, at one point of the game, no matter what's going on, you'll, you'll be like, greatest of all time like and just, <laughs> and that's just really that was the that's that's the cool part man um you know I was blessed to play with some great guys like my first huddle in the NFL was was BJ Raji uh Charles Woodson Clay Matthews um you know Tremont Williams uh AJ Hawk like I mean you know just to have just to be surrounded with some of these guys it was crazy like you know just to be out there and and we have fun too, man. We have fun. Yeah, AJ yeah, Hawk, I mean, fellow podcaster, yeah. fellow podcaster with Pat McAfee, you know. <laughs> yeah. Man, come on, Nate. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, playing with those guys, just I can imagine absolutely incredible, like you described. And you know, I just the realization of like being on the field, and you're like, man, that that man right there is like the goat. That's just that's just sound sounds crazy, pretty much. You know, it's, yeah, just, it's, it's just like. It's you just realize that, like, man, I'm playing against like one of like one of, if not the greatest players of the game of all time. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just really cool to see. And then you know, practicing practicing against A Rod every day was was spectacular because, I mean, you think that he makes throws in the game look crazy. Just, <laughs> just imagine when you know there's no penalty, like you know what I'm saying, and he's in practice, and you know, all right, oh, you know, he's trying stuff, and it's like. 
it, it look, it's so magical. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, as, a, as a D tackle, that must have been crazy too because he's one of the guys that's well known for being able to work around in the pocket, stuff like that. So, like, was it really – was he someone who was, like, really hard to, like, keep contained in the pocket when you're playing in practice? Yeah, and that's the fun part, though, because when you get to other quarterbacks, it's not as um, as skilled, and it makes your job a lot easier because you realize you've competed against the best of the best week in and week out. You know, Green Bay really preaches the, the scramble technique, and that is basically – you know, all hell breaks loose and get open because A-Rod's under fire, basically. And that's just – that really is. Like, he – Coach McCartney is is very adamant about, you know, certain aspects of the game. He said, hey, this happens all the time. Keep running. Keep running your routes. Keep doing this. And, you know, if you're on defense, he's like, hey, don't stand around looking at A-Rod. Find a man and, and, and vice, you know, vice versa. So, you can get caught up looking at, you know, the golden boy like that because he definitely has, you know, the arm to make you, like, yeah man that's some great stuff right there and uh you know i got a few more questions before we wrap this one up uh you got any like advice for uh nfl rookies you know incoming rookies this season you know obviously with the with the virus it's a complete different look for these guys you know they're not able to to prove themselves in practices but you know just just some like general advice that you may have for uh for some of these rookies coming in um seize the moment um you know there's never been a time um other than now for a rookie to really come in and make, you know, that much of a statement. Um, they haven't seen you guys all off season. They haven't seen the veterans all off season. Um, guys can post videos all day about, you know, how they're working out, but you know, only, only the ones that are, that are true to what they do when it's day one and they show up back in the facility, you're going to, you know, you got an opportunity to shine. And so, um, continuously learn from those veterans that are, are constantly doing the right things because they're going to be veterans that are not doing the right things, but are having success on Sundays. So that's the thing. There are veterans that are literally, um, I mean, so talented, they can, they can get away with anything. And then there's veterans that are, you know, literally it's a process for them. And so I think for a lot of the rookies, man, you know, don't necessarily uh, get, behind, you know, just the guy that's always doing the great things on Sundays, but really uh, hone in on the person that is, is, is creating a process and creating routine and creating things uh, that makes his job a lot easier. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent right there. And then uh, another question or our last question that I want to ask before we wrap this one up is uh, if anyone who's watching us on YouTube right now, instead of listening to it with our podcast app, you see my man Jarrell got the shoe rack behind him. What would you say <laughs> is your favorite pair of shoes back there? Um, so I've got um, – so my favorite pair of shoes growing up uh, was the all-white uh, Carolina 11s. So basically the pad leather 11s, um, I couldn't afford them as a kid, so I found them at the Goodwill, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I cleaned them up and I shined them up as, as well as I can. And it just was like my favorite pair of shoes. And so, you know, not being able to afford stuff like that when I was a kid, I told myself that, you know, when I have an opportunity to get older, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to worry about stuff like that. So, yeah. You know, shout out to Nike and, and those guys, man. They supported me a lot through through my career, man, uh with the with the plug on the shoes. So <laughs> I mean, that's what's up right there, getting free shoes as an athlete. I mean, that's a dream. You know, you've got your uh, – you're pretty much your relic shoe as a child, you know, able to afford that. It's definitely some awesome stuff right there. So uh, that just about wraps up our show for today. Jarrell, I want to thank you so much again for being able to come on and talk with us, man. You got anything else you want to say before we sign off? 
Um, man, thank you again for having me on the show. Um, basically, just stay safe and um, and just take care of each other, man. And, and y'all keep it going. Go hey, thank you. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, everyone stay safe, stay healthy. Just uh, do what we can to get through this together and uh, look out for each other, all that good stuff. Uh, Nate, you got anything else you want to say before we sign off? Yeah, I just want to say, uh, Jarrell, enjoy your s'mores because uh, that's a that's a great way great way to be spending tonight. Uh, I hope that I hope that everyone that's watching this is enjoying their night, doing something to kind of spice it up, like having s'mores, whatever you could do, uh, just to you know break up a little bit of the monotony and just have some fun. <laughs> Absolutely, man. We're gonna enjoy it. Uh, you know, twenty twenty it started out a little rocky, but we're gonna ride the wave and figure it out. Hey, of that's what's up right there for sure. So thank you everyone for listening today or watching. If you're watching on YouTube, I want to thank, you know, everyone for supporting us, uh, keeping this podcast going. We appreciate everybody and that'll be all for today. So thank you once again, and we'll see you guys next time. All right, guys. Take care, man. Yeah, you too.